Welcome to another edition of WVD Monthly, presented by Zintegra, with your host Andy Whiteside and Pete Downing, your source for all things Azure and Microsoft WVD. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of WVD Monthly. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Uh, I've got with me Pete Downing, the uh, Chief Marketing and Technology Officer for Zintegra. I guess in this uh, podcast, Pete, you do a little of both, right? Marketing and technology all at the same time. Yeah, I do. It's uh, It's been a fun year. So uh, thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, you sound uh, you sound a little under the weather. You doing all right? <laughs> no, no, I'm doing all right. Just coming off the, the holidays and, you know, the... The, the, I guess the hangover, the holiday hangover, you know, from hanging out and having a good time all weekend. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say something here. I've been telling people. So, I had a good holiday. I uh, spent a lot of time with with my family. Uh, I have four kids and a wife and a dog and and in laws. Um, last night, I had to run to the grocery store by myself, and I literally sat in the car for a couple minutes just by myself to decompress before I went to the grocery store. Um, <laughs> that, that's when you get, that's when I realized that, Hey, this has been great. Uh, at the same time, you, you gotta have a moment for yourself after five days with other people all the time. Yeah. Amen. That I agree. <laughs> all right. Well, our goal today is to talk about what's new in windows virtual desktop. Um, as you, we were talking about it just a minute ago, there's a, there's a ton of stuff it looks like. So I guess we'll jump in with like, this is uh, from November, 2020. Is that the official thread we're looking at for this one? Yeah, but it's odd. They always tail about a month behind. So even though it's November, they post it in December, which I don't. I guess I don't understand that. But that that's Microsoft, I guess. So um, they they can do whatever they want. They're big enough. Um, November twenty twenty. So the first one that's listed here is uh, Azure Portal Experience. There's a couple bullets there. Do you want to just kind of go over what that is? I'm not ex- expecting that to be earth shattering, but uh, might as well cover it while we got it up. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, again, they. You know, because the Azure portal experience is uh, part of the Azure Resource Manager, aka ARM, you know, Microsoft continues to fix, you know, little, you know, call them idiosyncrasies, bugs, if you want to call them that, uh, in the in the UI. So that, you know, they fixed a couple, you know, minor, what I'll call minor things, uh, uh, you know, within the, the UI to make it, um, you know, more more, you know, easier for the users to navigate and obviously fix any issues. And I've actually seen this first one where uh, the friendly name is no longer overwritten on the uh, ad VM workflow. Um, I've seen that issue. And then uh, the session host tab will now load if a session hosts are in part of scale sets. Um, that's a new feature. And that's part of like them building this into the future of WVD, which uh, I'll talk a little roadmap towards the end. Um, I had a, I had a um, customer say to me the other day, they, they liked what, well, they understood what Microsoft was doing as far as licensing and, you know, making Microsoft licenses part of your subscription, whether we're talking, you know, Azure for WVD or just Azure in general. Uh, but then they alluded several times to the maturity of the AWS platform. Are these bugs that we're talking about here, are those examples of, um, you know, the ARM scenario just being an evolution, a work in progress? Um, I, I think there's, well, let's separate. There's WVD, you know, what I call pure bugs. And then there's, there's ARM, you know, ARM bugs. And I, I would say ARM is actually fairly, 
you know, robust and, and mature, you know, I think, yeah, where you're seeing issues is if they create a new feature within the ARM portal, then yeah, they're constantly ironing out some of the issues. And, um, you, you know, I think, I think Azure, the platform is very robust and mature, uh, as they launch new functionality and features, you know, Microsoft, will, you know, obviously will hit bugs. I mean, that's what, you know, keeps us gainfully employed, right? We, we have to constantly, you know, fix issues and consult with our, our clients. And, and, you know, when I was a product manager, that's what we employed as a product manager for a long time. So, yeah, I guess the, the nice thing is with, um, SAS related or PaaS or other cloud technologies, at least that the fixes come quick and often, um, versus the old days when you waited for the next service pack to come out to address something. Yeah, that's the benefit, right? So you and I remember the old days of, you know, MetaFrame and Presentation Server. You'd sometimes wait six months to a year for a fix. Nowadays, it's you're, you you see it sometimes turn around in a month, you know, worst case, maybe three months, you know? Um, so that's the great thing about PaaS, SaaS, you know, infrastructure as a service, uh, et cetera, is that they're constantly improving uh, the platform. Yeah. All right. Well, next uh, item listed here is FS Logics. Our old friends at FS Logics uh, client version two thousand nine. I guess that means uh, what September of twenty of twenty twenty. Is that what two thousand nine means here? Yeah, they moved to the same you know naming schema that uh, you know the whole Microsoft product line has. And you know behind the scenes, there's a long version number. It's uh, two dot nine seven six two one. And then, a, and then a build number I assume, which is thirty one twenty seven. Um, the big thing here is uh, they brought on better support for Windows Seven and later. Um, they just continue to enhance, you know, the support for various versions of Windows, multi uh, Windows Ten multi session mode. Um, but really, this is focused on bug fixes. I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll include a link in the podcast. Uh, but there's a ton of bug bug fix. Uh, that they've done in FS Logics. And, and what's good about this, it shows that Microsoft is committed to the evolution of maintaining FS Logics and building it into uh, the overall platform. I think in early 2021, we'll see functionality of FS Logics built into the ARM platform, which will be nice because then you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go and install it out, out of band. Uh, you won't have to go and configure it out of band. You can just configure it right in the ARM platform. And then I also, Again, I'm I'm hypothesizing here. Um, I think you'll see it built into the operating system at some point. Um, so, I, you know, those are things that you know, just based on what I'm seeing. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I, I really like FS Logics. I think it's a great way to take your profile, containerize it, uh, and make it more portable. Is you know the term I like to use. So, without FS Logics in the Microsoft stack, the concept of non-persistent, uh, where machines reboot back to a gold image, uh, that would either be impossible or much more difficult, right? Yeah, correct. Because all it's doing is taking percent user profile percent. So when you log on to your profile, do percent user profile percent. It's taking that folder and putting it into a VHD and then taking that virtual hard drive and storing it somewhere central, whether it's Azure files, NetApp Azure files, or a file server that you put up in infrastructure as a service. It stores it centrally. Now, what's cool about this is you can do that on-prem as well. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great solution to take the profile content 
and put it into central storage. But then what's great, but you'll still need, you know, like for example, at, at the bare minimum of GPO, you might need, you know, VMware's, you know, WEM, you know, WEM tools, workspace environment management tools, Citrix's workspace environment management tools, AppSense, you know, AKA Avanti. So you still need environment management tools if you want to manipulate the experience. But what FS Logics does is they take the profile, put it in a virtual hard drive and store it centrally, which is beautiful. And, and one of the big use cases for that is uh, your cache file with a product like Outlook, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's the other cool thing it does. So FS Logics can take your profile contents, put it in one VHD, take your OST file and put it in another VHD. So let's say, for example, you have to put your OST file on encrypted storage, but you don't care about your profile right? Uh, you could do that or you could just separate them out because you want to have quotas for different one. You want to have different quotas as another example, right? So that, yeah, you can separate out the office contents as well into a separate VHD, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess if people want to learn more about FS Logics, they could check out some of your uh, YouTube channel recordings. You've got at least one or two on FS Logics over the last couple of years, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do my monthly WBD workshop, which I'll, I'll continue into 2021. I'm actually switching it up in January and I'm going to do an Azure fundamentals workshop because a bunch of people asked me for that. So I, I listened to my, my customers, clients and prospects, and I'm going to bring that back in January and then I'll bring the WBD one back in February. So I, uh, I always try to cover that. And then January 13th on my webinar on Wednesday, I'm actually inviting Rob Shaw, who's one of the black belts for FS Logics. We're going to talk about all the new stuff that's been going on with WVDs. So pretty excited about that. All right. Uh, next one here is the uh, RD, RDP, so Remote Display Protocol, uh, Short Path Public Preview. What in the world is that? All right. So let's put it in Citrix speak. So you, you remember... Uh, you know, um, HDX Direct Connect uh, and making the path between your ICA client and the VDA the most direct path. Oh, you know, yes. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. So basically what this is doing is taking the RDP connection between your client in the in the target desktop and making it the shortest path possible. Um, now, there's a little asterisk here. Uh, there's some requirements and the basic requirements are, you know, you, you have to have some type of express route. You have to have some type of site to site, you know, VPN, IPsec base, some type of point to point, you know, or, or a public IP address assignment to the, to the, um, you know, the VMs. Um, so there is some basic requirements that you have to meet, but what this solves is that kind of, you know, we'll, we'll call hairpinning, right? So, uh, you know, you might be, you know, sitting, you know, connecting from a client in your data center and you don't want to have to hairpin across uh, out to the internet and then back across the express. It's ba you basically want to have the, the most direct path possible to the RDP, the remote desktop in the, in the back end. So that's what this does. That's what this solves. Um, and I, you know, I was reading through this over the last week and what's interesting about it is it's, it's still very, I'll call it manual, but it, de it definitely does work. Um, and there's a lot of configuration you have to do behind the scenes to get it to work. But once you get it set up, you know, it, it does work. And I've been trying to test it in my own environment, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll dig into that over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I'm excited about this because again, this makes the user experience better. And that's the best way to summarize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to see some type of drawing a workflow of, of how it, goes with and without this but uh, more to come i guess maybe i should attend one of the workshops 
Yeah, and this is one of those things that uh, here I'll put a you know I know the users can't see this. I'll put a, a link for you, Andy, in the chat window, but I'll include a link in our in our summary of the podcast as well, uh, so users can check it out and read up on it. There's a cool little diagram uh, in the documentation it explains you know the what if without it, and then and then what happens when you have it. So the, essentially, what this does is again solves the usability around latency. Uh, and gives the user a better experience. Also, what it does is allows you, if you have any kind of, you know, uh, any type of throttling or bandwidth uh, monitoring or anything like that, it allows you to do that as well. Um, yeah. So that's, a, that's the other big bonus as well, is it allows you to monitor and manage that traffic. So. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, checking out that link and maybe watching some videos after this. Uh, next uh, item here, it, say, it says az.desktopvirtualization version 2.0.1. You know, I, I love my Microsoft world, but <laughs> what, what in the world is this? Uh, so I guess the best way to summarize it, it's just an update to their PowerShell commandlets for Windows Virtual Desktop. And uh, the biggest thing that they included is the ability to do MSI X uh, app attach uh, inside a PowerShell. So before that whole commandlet library, you had to install separately. Um, now it's all part of that uh, commandlet library. So, so uh, essentially, this is just a continuation of updating uh, the PowerShell. AZ is the Azure you know, it's library and then dot, you know, and then dot virtualization signifies WVD. So they're going to continue to update the WVD um, commandlets and, and enhance it. Eventually, I think you'll see some FS logics in here. Uh, and, you know, anything they do in the ARM portal, you should hopefully see a PowerShell aligning PowerShell commandlet. So, so that's, that's the evolution of this. So you'll see a 2.0.2 at some point, I'm going to guess, and maybe a 3.0, you know, next year at some point. So yeah, this is just the evolution of the commandlets for PowerShell. Yeah. Had I read ahead and saw the word PowerShell, it would have all made sense. At first I was thinking they had desktops in Arizona or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, you know, I, I still, to this day, long to be a PowerShell guru, scripter. Uh, I just, maybe I'll do that in my retirement someday is to pick that up as a, as a fun hobby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I, I actually enjoy PowerShell, but uh, it's like you, I, 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 fi- I find that my tech, the ability to dive in the tech gets a little less each year. Uh, and as we get more, you and I get more involved with kind of running the business. Uh, but you know, I try to keep my hands dirty as much as I can. So Yep. That's all you can do, right? Just, yep. just stay acquainted with the technology and use it as much as you can and, um, you know, build upon what you know and try, try to re, re, relearn what you forgot. Um, next section here talks about Azure Advisor updates. What do we have? What is that? Yeah, so the, so the Azure Advisor, you know, is one of those things when you log in, uh, you know, I don't know the last time you, you logged in your ARM portal, but it will pop up and say, hey, we have some recommendations for you. Um, and essentially what this does is helps you, you know, understand where you could optimize performance, you could save money, et cetera. And so what they've done is they've continued to enhance this for Windows Virtual Desktop and more importantly, you know, opti- optimizing performance in a, in a depth-first uh, load balancing scenario. Um, and so, you know, you have breadth and depth, um, you know, breadth and uh, is going to allow you to, it, it spreads the load evenly. Depth allows you to fill the virtual machine before you go to another one. Um, and so if you're very cost conscious, 
uh, which a lot of our clients are, you know, typically what I recommend is you try, you know, you go breast first, you figure out your, your, uh, your core, your users per, per density, right? Your users per virtual CPU density. And then you go depth because then that's allows you to save money. So you can say, Hey, I know that if I spin this virtual machine up, I can get, let's say 80 users on it. But once I hit 60, I'm going to power up another one and then so on and so forth. That's, that's kind of more of the breadth, the depth model, right? The breadth is, Hey, I got three virtual machines. I'm going to, I'm going to load balance the users across no matter what. I'm always going to have those three up and running. And if I need another one, I might power on another one, et cetera, et cetera. So, so the advisor is just going to allow you to, you know, give you better recommendations. And that's all it does is it says, Hey, Andy, here's some recommendations. You can choose to take them or not, but here's what we recommend to help you save money or tweak this to get better performance or tweak that to get better, better performance. So it's, you know, Microsoft trying to help you. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, as much as we, uh, you know, going back to the previous one, want to be awesome PowerShell scripting gurus uh, these days, understanding the cost constraints and the, the, the challenges with running a data center in the cloud where the meter is always running. Um, and we have to control that is probably just as important um, yep. versus the old days where you just bought some gear and cranked it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, Pete, that's uh, that's all that Microsoft has in this document as far as yep. updates. Are there any other things that uh, are happening in the WVD world that, that uh, you think people should know about? Yeah. So I, you know, again, I, as part of our segment, I always try to look at the roadmap to see if there's anything interesting. Um, and again, I include a link to the roadmap in our, in our podcast summary. Um, but you know, again, I'm looking out into the future. I can't guarantee that this is going to happen because it's a roadmap, but, uh, Microsoft says they're going to have a migration tool in January. So a lot of people, I know I got a few clients of mine that are waiting for this, a non arm. So the original rollout of WVD to arm based. Um, so I still have clients who are on the original, non-arm version of WVD. So we'll try to help them get migrated, hopefully in 2021. Um, they're going to continue and enhance, you know, latency. Uh, so continue to enhance different data centers across the world. Um, but my the big one that sticks out to me here that I'm waiting for, and they say it's in February, is the ability to uh, enable deallocated VMs to start automatically when a user connects. So again, it, you know, as you and I know, cost is a big factor in cloud and the best way to save money is not to keep virtual machines powered on when you don't need them. And so, you know, VMware or, or uh, Microsoft's going to have the ability to scale up and scale down automatically. So I, I, have, I imagine they're going to finally have support for scale sets right now. You can do it, but you have to use what's called a logic app with run books, et cetera. It's pretty involved and yeah, it works, but again, it's not built into the platform. It's not tied into the platform. So I'm, that's the feature I'm really looking forward to, to see what happens and uh, what they're going to launch. And I, I'm going to probably bring that up in my webinar with Rob in January to see when we can expect that. So, Pete, the only way to keep the meter from running, right, is to actually deallocate. Just powering one off is not enough, right? You got to deallocate it? Yeah, you got to deallocate it. Uh, and, you know, you know, so if you go into the OS and say shut down, you're still yeah. going to be spending money. In your ARM portal, you gotta, it's got to be stopped and then say deallocated in parentheses to not be spending money on compute. You're still going to be consuming storage, but at that point, it's pennies on the dollar for storage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to answer your question, yep. And so you're thinking that Microsoft's going to be kind to us and allow us to, uh, to deallocate intelligently and reallocate intelligently, and that's going to be built into the system. That's that's what you think or hope is coming. 
Yeah, that's what I hope. And like I said, right now that is supported, but it's through a logic app and, and you got to build a run book and it's pretty involved. And I, you know, I've personally helped two clients build one and they can get pretty clunky, especially if you got to get very specific with the VM type and things like that, where once scale sets are supported, it's just going to work. Um, and you'll be, and again, once this feature comes out, it'll be very interesting to see how some of the ecosystem partners adapt, because I know there's a couple ecosystem partners who have features that already do this. The question is, will they be, will they still be relevant once they get to this point? Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to see what Microsoft done has done in a year to, yeah. to be frank. So yeah, you and I talk about it all the time. It's one thing for Citrix to be worried about Microsoft making inroads, at least in the desktop uh, brokering solution as it relates to Azure. But you know, some of those other players that have created solutions specifically for WVD and Microsoft keeps knocking out those features. Uh, that, that's gotta be scary for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, right. cool, man. Well, yeah, so that's all the updates I have on my side. But I, I'm going to say this. I'll, I'll end on this. But I think 2021 is going to be a good year for WVD. I think we'll see it go from kind of being a, 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 you know, how do I use WVD to I want to use WVD uh, and then tying in a Citrix or even a VMware to enhance it further. And, and again, I encourage all the uh, listeners to check out events.zentegra.com. We're constantly doing great events to help show how we tie into the Microsoft story. So here's two questions for you and try to answer them as succinctly as you can. Uh, will WVD be the number one desktop brokering solution on the planet at some point in the future? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I'll say Possibly yes, uh, from a platform and hardware point of view, but might maybe no from a protocol point of view. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So, so they would be using other. Okay. So, for brokering and and platform, it was a maybe. It was a maybe yes, maybe definitely. Yep. Um, would you be willing to predict? I mean, it's it's the end of the year. This is when you know resolutions and predictions start coming out. You you want to go on a limb and say when that's gonna be? When that's gonna be? Uh, I'll say, uh, I'll say twenty twenty two. We'll see Microsoft kind of become the the leader in in brokering and yeah. I think by twenty twenty two, we'll start yeah. seeing Microsoft become more and more relevant. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that was actually much quicker than I thought you were going to say. So we'll uh, we'll see if that turns out to be uh, aggressive, or I can't I can't imagine it's anything other than aggressive. But uh, if that does happen, that'll be a that'll be a big shakeup in the next twenty four months. We'll see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But but you also think the the VMware's of the world and the Citrix's of the world will still be playing in that space with them. They just won't be the they won't be controlling it the way they have for the last uh, well Citrix at least the last twenty years. No, it, it will, again for Citrix and VMware, it's not about necessarily the the underlying platform. It's about the the protocol and the display layer, right? So what the right. user sees. Do you know? Do I think the RDP and the RD client will become mature enough to be utilized? Yes, but if you're a legacy, you know, Citrix and VMware customer, it's going to be very hard to go to that that experience. And you know, let's face it, they've VMware and Citrix have both worked very hard to mature their protocols over the last 20 years. So in Citrix, 30 years, right? So, uh, so I, I just find it hard to see 
a robust protocol like the ICA protocol or, you know, the, the blast extreme protocol to, to just go defunct. Right. I think at some point, Microsoft's going to come out and say, Hey, we prefer these, these four protocols or these two protocols and, and call it the day. Right. So you're really saying you expect Microsoft Azure as a hosting platform under the WVD um, moniker being the primary player as at the end of maybe 2022, but those players like Citrix and VMware will still be in the mix with the, the brokering and provisioning, maybe lesser on the provisioning side, but brokering and connectivity piece. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's very hard to keep up with what they're doing and, who knows, maybe one of them gets acquired at some point, you know, it's been the story over the last, what, our, our whole careers, right? You know, VMware and Microsoft goes after, you know, Citrix and buys, you know, Citrix or buys VMware. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> so. All right. Well, with that, I'll let you go and get back to Appreciate you joining. I, the, the listeners don't realize, but you're on vacation today. So uh, we'll let you get back to it. And I'm sure people in my household are starting to look for me too. So uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, uh, we'll do it again uh, in a month. Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me, Andy. And I can't wait. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another edition of WVD Monthly, presented by Zintegra, with your host, Andy Whiteside and Pete Downing. Thanks to podcast episode guests. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. If you are interested in joining a Zintegra podcast, email info at Zintegra.com. Podcast copyrighted by Zintegra, LLC.